Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and great to have you with us on this beautiful day in America. Beautiful may be a slightly hyperbolic word to use in these trying times. What with the Marxist Dems trying their worst to take over these magnificent United States, normal, even-handed, hard-working, God-fearing Americans, all the while just trying to make sense of the totalitarian left and their spine-chilling insistence on despotic rule without any pretense of legitimacy. They are in our face, their inexplicable interest in talking sex and gender with kindergartners trying to wrest our children from the arms of their parents and family and turn them into possessions of the government. And our government, they've weaponized now against average citizens and former presidents alike. The FBI carrying out illegal searches and seizures of President Trump, the Attorney General threatening parents at school board meetings, the FBI falsifying their own internal records to fraudulently portray a non-existent serious threat by so-called domestic terrorists. Absolute bull, absolute Marxist intimidation by the Department of Justice directed at everyday citizens. It is outrageous, and it is going on far too often all across the country. Meanwhile, Congress and the Senate are simply too weak to bring substantial oversight to the FBI and the Department of Justice. They are beyond the oversight of our legislature they're beyond control, as is much of the federal government bureaucracy, the deep state. One of the people battling over the years to bring truth to light and fighting the deep state all the way is Ty Clevenger. Ty is a civil rights attorney. He's the president of the Transparency Project. He's also a blogger at lawflog.com. That's law, F-L-O-G, dot com. And he's a great American. And in the past week, Clevenger has won an important and years-long struggle with the FBI over records and documents they possess related to the laptop of Seth Rich. Seth Rich was a young employee of the Democratic National Committee who was murdered in July of 2016. A federal judge has just ruled that the FBI must respond to the FOIA request and turn over the information related to Rich's laptop. Ty Clevenger, welcome to The Great America Show. And first, how does it feel to finally, after years of hard work and fighting all the way, to finally have a federal judge say to the FBI, produce the records and documents that you've been seeking all along? Well, it's a, getting access to the laptop was a huge victory. Um, it's, we asked for considerably more than that, and we'll keep fighting for the other things that we asked for. But uh, getting that laptop is, is a big deal. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of speculation that files have been deleted 
And I suspect they have, but we're not so much. Actually, our, our target was to get the metadata off this laptop because that will show us uh, if the files were deleted and when they were deleted and approximately, or perhaps even by whom. But uh, in any event, yes, getting that laptop, that's a big win for us. Now, are you, will you have the laptop itself physically? We will not. Unfortunately, we will have to depend on the FBI to download that data. Uh, there are actually a couple of pieces. Uh, it's not just the laptop. There separately was a disk that supposedly was an image uh, of, of the hard drive on the laptop. So we certainly want to compare the two and see if there are any dif differences. Uh, but you know what's really interesting about this laptop? Within the last year, the, the government has confirmed that the FBI never looked at the laptop. So it's almost like another Hunter Biden situation. We just put it on the shelf and forget about it. Yeah, I, you know, it's an interesting choice of words uh, that the FBI has confirmed. Uh, when really what is at issue here in many cases, uh, many elements of this case, is the integrity of the FBI. Uh, you are still at the at the mercy of whatever integrity is residual within the FBI. How does that make you feel? How should the rest of us uh, perceive that? Well, my confidence in the FBI is between zero and none. I assume they are lying to me until they prove otherwise. Um, they originally said in 2017 that they had no records whatsoever about Seth Rich. And, of course, a few years later, and, and, and the order, the, this order last week, recounts all of this. Um, right. They admitted that they had 20,000 pages of potentially responsive documents. Now, they narrowed that down to less than 1,500, and they produced less than 200. But how can we even trust them to narrow that down? I think that's the big question. Um, I have caught them already trying to hide things, uh, playing dumb, pretending like the request was not there. One example uh, is in the same FOIA request, I sought the uh, CrowdStrike records because, as you know, rather than the FBI going in and conducting its own investigation of whether the uh, Democratic National Committee was actually hacked, um, the FBI just depended on CrowdStrike. So they've got these reports from CrowdStrike. I asked for those, and they just completely ignored me. So I went back and said, look, I asked for these. Where are they? And they came back and gave me the cover pages for four reports. And that's all I've got is a cover page. And they claim everything, you know, is secret for one reason or another, exempt from disclosure. So you have to fight them tooth and nail to get anything. Uh, another big problem, they have flatly refused to search their email systems. I specifically requested all emails that reference Seth Rich. They just... They refused, and they said if there was anything of, quote, investigative significance in an email, it would have been entered into their um, their indexing system. Well, even the judge acknowledged that is completely subjective. Who decides what is of investigative significance, and what does that even mean? So their entire it's, – it's not just this case. Their entire system of – 
FOIA responses or responding to FOIAs is designed to fail. It is designed to allow them to hide things. It is designed to allow them to hide things. But it is also, to me, you were talking about what is contained in the judge's ruling. Uh, I mean, it's quite a story in and of itself. But when we we this is this was a robbery gone bad. That was the statement from the uh, the D.C. police. Correct. A robbery gone bad. Bust robbery. Yeah, bust robbery. And. Now, suddenly, we are being told, I, not suddenly, I, there's nothing sudden about this, uh, uh, this story when it comes to the government, but the FBI is saying that there are intelligence implications, there are national security implications. Those are some of the reasons used uh, to justify to the judge uh, that they will not produce documents and answers and responses to you and your inquiries on FOIA. Uh, this gets to be very peculiar and very quickly, I would think uh, it would it would suggest even to the FBI that this has been clumsily handled and that they will they've only provoked more questions in not answering the earliest and the simplest questions. Your thoughts? Absolutely. Absolutely. If they had come clean early on, we we would you know, they're complaining about conspiracy theories. Well, then lay all the cards on the table. Um, but you're right, there's so many inconsistencies with this. To say this is a botched robbery and to initially claim, as the FBI did, that we have no involvement, and then we find out there's thousands of pages, and as you said, some of them are deemed classified as matters of national security. That's not a botched robbery. Um, we know that the FBI field offices in San Francisco and in Las Vegas were interviewing people about matters pertaining to Seth Rich. Um, so, you know, this is not a botched robbery. There's there's something much bigger going on here. Much bigger, and we're dealing with a 26-, 27-year-old young man uh, who's out for a drink, uh, walking home, gets shot twice in the back, uh, and the D.C. police basically want to just push it aside. Uh, say, as you the direct word, botched robbery. Uh, right. Yet no, nothing of his was ostensibly taken from him in that botched robbery. So it, it botched it, it, at the highest level. They took nothing. And when the FBI starts talking about also the implied confidentiality to foreign intelligence services, the, the questions get bigger and broader and brighter. Do they not? What in the world Absolutely. could that be about? Absolutely. There's no way this is about a botched robbery. And, you know, there's there's a lot of external evidence. Uh, Julian Assange all but said that the data that they published at WikiLeaks came from Seth Rich. Um, then uh, what's, what's her name? Uh, Ellen Radner comes back to the United States from a meeting with Julian Assange and says at a public forum that, these emails did not come from the Russians. And Julian Assange, as you know, was hailed as a hero by the establishment media up and until this Seth Rich story, and all of a sudden he's a pariah and a liar. And it's, it's amazing the transformation overnight because this guy dared to suggest that there was no Russian collusion. All of a sudden he, he's treated as the bad guy. And 
speaking of Russian collusion, CrowdStrike, a Democrat security, cybersecurity operation company with close ties to the DNC and the Democratic Party. They're brought in to determine whether or not the Russians actually hack the DNC servers. The, right. the FBI, for some reason, is kept at arm's length and, and permits themselves to be kept at arm's length for whatever reason. I think perhaps we know the reason to that now after six years of the persecution of Donald Trump. But right. for whatever the reason, they are content to be held at arm's length uh, by CrowdStrike while they carry it out. By the way, we've never had confirmation from CrowdStrike that there was a Russian, that there was a nation-state Russian attack uh, on those servers, have we? Well, on the contrary, we've actually had them state that they have, and I quote, no concrete evidence that it happened. Um, I believe this was, and I can't think of his name, it was the uh, president of CrowdStrike, testified mm-hmm. under oath they have no concrete evidence that the Russians exfiltrated these emails. And so with that, we are left in an ever enlarging enigma. That is, we have the botched robbery and a dead young DNC staff worker and who apparently, if one follows your, your investigation and your search for the truth through FOIA and other means, we are talking about intelligence agencies operating uh, the FBI being involved deeply in what was supposed to be uh, a, a police department matter uh, where they sort of let everything, let dust fall on nearly every aspect of this case and and res- and found very little, and certainly very little that they wanted to uh, report to the American public. Where, where is this leading in your judgment right now? We have... What is it? It's less than two weeks now in order to meet the judge's uh, order to uh, to turn over those documents that you requested surrounding the laptop. Is that not correct? Right. They have, I believe it's uh, next thir- a week from Thursday, the 13th is when it's due. So, so that's, a, that's the, a short fuse. Yeah, that is a very short fuse, particularly for the FBI. I can't I can't imagine you tell me. Uh, do you think the FBI will go into a a, a, a stonewall uh, posture here, uh, trying to fight? I, I'm every expecting way? it. Yes, I I am expecting them to file something telling the court we cannot produce it that fast. I think there's also a strong chance they're going to file an emergency petition with the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals asking to shut this down. Uh, I don't think they're going to to go along with this willingly. So tell us what you expect to happen here. Give us a sense, because this is a a mystery. Uh, It is first and foremost, it is a murder mystery uh, that has become something far, far, uh, far more expansive than that. Uh, It's more than just a whodunit, but now it is a who and what has done it and where in the world does this lead us? Give us your give us your thoughts on where you're headed here, and what you expect from the FBI, which has played the part of uh, 
a recalcitrant uh, federal agency that does not want to share anything with the American people. I think the FBI is going to keep trying to slow walk this thing. I think we've we've gotten bits and pieces of information. Uh, It's been slow, but nonetheless, things have come out. I think it will probably continue uh, to, to what am I trying to say, dribble out uh, slowly. We we may have an exception with the laptop. We may have a significant breakthrough there. My objective is to get enough evidence uh, to start pursuing civil litigation against some of the people who are involved. Uh, if we get to that stage, things should move a lot faster. But there's this goes far beyond the FBI. There was a coordinated attempt um, by various law firms, large law firms affiliated uh, with the Democrats, to basically shut up anybody who dared to question the uh, the approved narrative on Seth Rich. They sued media organizations. Um, they sued my client. Uh, anybody who veered from the script was targeted. Um, so there's something much bigger at play. It's not just the FBI. I think the Democratic National Committee is involved. Uh, my client, Ed Butowski, cannot talk because of the settlement agreement. But before that uh, settlement agreement, he spoke with Joel Rich, who is the father of Seth Rich. Um, and according to Ed Butowski, Joel Rich said that a spokesman was assigned to them by the Democrat National Committee. So there is a high level of coordination, I believe, between the FBI and the DNC. Wow. And, and, and to... Is do you have any sense of to what purpose? I think they are at this stage they are trying to preserve the whole Russia collusion hoax. If it comes at the pub that they're trying to memory hole all of this stuff. They're hoping that they've gotten away with it now for what, six years and it's unimportant and let's move on. And I think to some extent they may be succeeding in that. But if it comes out that not only was this indeed the result of an internal leak, um, and not only did the DNC and Robert Mueller and the FBI spend millions of dollars to try to maintain this false story, but on top of all that, they impeded and or covered up a murder uh, for those political purposes. I think that's something the public can easily grasp onto. That takes it to a whole new level. I'm not saying that Seth was assassinated by anyone affiliated with the DNC. I don't know that. I've never alleged that. I don't know who was responsible for the murder. But if, in fact, he was involved as, or he was the leaker of these emails, and because of that, there was an attempt to impede the murder investigation. I think the average person can latch onto that and go, wow, this is a level of depravity that we have not seen before. And so I think the Democrats and the FBI have a huge motive to try to, try to keep everything under wraps. Well, and it's, it's strange the way things are, are breaking out. Uh, they, 
they covered up, for example, Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, they created an entire disinformation program that was strategically, uh, obviously, uh, concocted to provide a, a media shield to a former vice president, Joe Biden, who lied in front of the American people in the second and final debate of the presidential debates of 2020. And it was contrived. It was put together by the principal agencies, NSA, CIA, DIA. This is remarkable in and of itself. And most people in the country did not know for years, and now there have been four of those years, that there was a grand jury investigating with, through the U.S. attorney in Delaware, the president's son, for crying out loud. So we are now, watching. The one that really so, blows my mind is, is, is Ashley Biden and her diaries. I mean, I, I think a solid majority of the American public still have no idea uh, what happened there, that her diary, diary was obtained. She wrote in there that that she thought her sexual addiction was attributable attributable to the fact that she took showers with her father, Joe Biden, and that would be bad enough in and up by, uh, in and up by itself. But the FBI gets involved to go after the people who found the diary, and so the idea that the FBI can get deeply, deeply involved in partisan politics has already been established. It's it's not speculation. It's a fact. Yeah, I, there's. I'm not in any way speculating. What I'm saying is the is straightforwardly statements of fact. Joe Absolutely. Biden lied to the American people. Bill Barr, the Attorney General at the time, chose not to intervene and thereby changed the course of this country's political history, uh, and uh, unfortunately, our economic history as well. It, it is. So we we have a government that is beyond uh, oversight. Uh, they they laugh in the faces if they don't spit in the faces of the uh, members of the Judiciary Committees in the House and the Senate, the Oversight Committees. Uh, we're in a, a in a terrible spot, and you have a judge who has uh, ordered uh, a response by the FBI. What do you think it'll be? as best you can tell at this point. I, I, I think, uh, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I think we're going to get data. I do think we'll get the data from the laptop. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there will be files deleted from the laptop. And so then the million-dollar question is who deleted those files and when? Um, one thing we haven't talked about is, is what happened to that laptop immediately after Seth died. You what did happen? The cops... Well, well we, we, you would think the cops would immediate, immediately seize all of his electronic devices. I mean, if you're having a homicide investigation, you want all the data you can get. You want to find out from his phone who he was talking to. You want to find out who he was texting. Same thing on a computer, any files, any emails, that sort of thing. And rather than that, the family took custody of the laptop. And the police never sought it, uh, never got a grand jury subpoena. And it was not until I think it was close to a year later that someone in the family um, volunteered to give that to the FBI. And the FBI claims, well, the reason we didn't search it was because we didn't have a chain of custody. 
Well, you know, the FBI could do exactly what we're proposing to do, and that is go in and look at the metadata and find out if during the period that the family had the laptop, somebody went in there and deleted the files. Because if it happened while the family had the laptop, well, then that narrows down the, the, the scope of, of who might have deleted the files. And, of course, that begs the question of why. Why would somebody do that? I mean, if, if my family yeah, yeah. member dies, I, my first thought is, oh, well, let's go get, it, let's go get his laptop. Right, right. Well, it is a peculiar, a peculiar chain of events, but it, the FBI is engaged in a lot of peculiar events, and they, many of them seem to involve laptops. Ty, I, when I think back to uh, the Anthony Weiner laptop, whatever happened there, it sort of disappeared. There has been no, uh, there's been no, <laughs> no more reporting on it. Yet it it's was rich with material. Yes, it was rich with material uh, because we know, for example, that Hillary had classified documents that had been uh, shared uh, with Huma Abedin, Anthony Weiner's uh, wife. Uh, and, and by right. the way, we, we still don't know what happened to those 33,000 banished emails of Hillary's. These are all open questions. But again, the Weiner laptop, Seth Rich's laptop, Hunter Biden's laptop. There is one common feature in it all, and that is that the FBI at one time or another had access to all of those. And what happened? We know not. They put it on a shelf and did nothing. Well, that's, that's what they uh, said. Seems to be the I, can't believe, I can't believe that. Can you? Well, actually, that's true. I, I think, uh, well, certainly in the, the case of Hunter Biden's laptop or, or Anthony Weiner's, I, I think they they know exactly what's on it. Right. They know exactly what's on it. And I can't imagine why, the, with the level of engagement now with the FBI uh, and all all of the material, uh, the, the 20,000, now we know 20, thanks to your uh, investigation and, and pursuit, we know there are 20,000 pages of documents relating to Seth Rich. 20,000 pages. This is a long ways from... We can't find any reference to Seth Rich at all in the entire FBI cyber uh, network. I mean, it's, this is craziness, is it not? It is. It absolutely is. I, I tell you, the one person who could probably make this or open this up faster than anybody is Jim Jordan. If, uh, if the Republicans take control of the House and he becomes the judiciary chairman, uh, I hope he starts to ask the FBI about some of these questions. We know he's, he's got a lot of information from whistleblowers, um, but somebody needs to ask about these records about Seth Rich. I hope he will be the, the one to do it. Maybe you can invite him on and ask him, but somebody needs to start asking the FBI what happened with these records and why and, and force the FBI to turn them over. Well, you've asked for records because we know one thing as a result of this six years of persecution of Donald Trump and what we have seen the FBI and the Department of Justice be proved guilty of, uh, one of those is that they work, uh, I think, uh, impressively uh, and I I think surprisingly closely with other intelligence agencies, uh, whether it be the NSA, uh, 
whomever the CIA, there's a closeness there that I never suspected when it came to domestic issues. But it's also clear that it's there. You have sought records concerning the uh, NSA and the CIA, but the FBI refused to confirm or deny in a number of instances uh, uh, your questions. Where, where do you go next? Well, we're continuing to litigate that. We've got some other FOIA cases out there that hopefully we will get decisions on soon. Um, one that may be of particular interest is I asked the CIA for any records showing that it inserted Russian fingerprints into these DNC emails. And by that I mean, um, did the CIA make it look like the Russians had hacked these emails by inserting particular types of code in there. Also, did the CIA have any role in the operation of Guccifer 2.0 or DC Leaks, which both are online entities that supposedly are affiliated with the Russians and had a role in distributing these emails. And in both cases, uh, the CIA has said that it can neither confirm nor deny on national security grounds. And so I spoke with an investigator I work with who's retired CIA, and I asked him, and he said if they could deny that, they would have done it at the top of their lungs. Uh, another CIA colleague, colleague of his said the same thing. When you're asked as an agency, if you fabricated Russian collusion, uh, your first instinct is to say absolutely not, and instead they're saying neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. Uh, similarly, I asked for records that John Brennan's task force at the CIA, or whether that task force had tried to create the false impression that Donald Trump was colluding with Russia, and they came back with the same response, uh, neither confirm nor deny it's classified national security. And there are exceptions to the classification process. You're not supposed to use classification to conceal something illegal. You're not supposed to use it to classify something just for the purpose of preventing embarrassment. And you're not supposed to classify something that has no national security value. So my question to the court was, if in fact they, they tried to frame Donald Trump, why is that a national security issue? That's only a matter of trying to cover up something illegal. And so we're waiting for the court to rule on that. It is interesting to think about the overlap there. Uh, when if you're talking about U.S. intelligence agencies involved in a conspiracy to uh, overthrow uh, a, a, a sitting president, we know for a fact that the, uh, the FBI was involved in an effort to frame General Michael Flynn in August, uh, July and August of uh, 2016, before he had even been made a National Security Administrator. Uh, it, it, we know for a fact uh, the, the involvement of the FBI and the Department of Justice in those efforts uh, to carry out the Russian hoax, as President Trump called it, uh, crossfire hurricane, as the FBI called it, uh, and an attempt to overthrow the President of the United States, as I call it. Uh, so if if we uh, if if we look at this, a federal judge in D.C. has already declared 
uh, that 16,000 people in the NSA data intercept base have been searched uh, by the FBI, uh, which raises the question, how did the FBI search without the cooperation of the NSA? That is in uh, that uh, certainly intimates that, that there is cooperation between the two agencies. Uh, y- your thoughts on where that might lead? Well, we've actually got a FOIA case pending um, to get the names of the 16,000 people who were illegally surveilled. Um, I can almost guarantee you that the overwhelming majority, if not all of them, uh, were political targets, uh, specifically Republicans of interest to the, to the Democratic National Committee. We already know that during the end of the Obama administration, you had Samantha Power, Powers and others um, who were searching for people inside of the NSA database. So I think what we're going to find is that the, the DNC had access or at least had the ability uh, to search for its political opponents and dig up dirt. Um, we know, for example, in the case of Michael Cohen, uh, who was one of President Trump's lawyers, uh, who was, of course, indicted and convicted, that the story went out that Michael Cohen had been in Prague, in Czechoslovakia, or I guess that's the Czech Republic now, uh, to, to find information of, uh, related to some of these supposed collusion activities by the president. That turned out to be completely false. Um, There was another Michael Cohen who went to Prague. And so that begs the question, how did that end up in this report, the Steele report specifically, Christopher Steele report? Uh, and, And the most likely, if not the only explanation, is that somebody tapped into the NSA database, found out there was a Michael Cohen in Prague, and then made the mistake of of assuming it was the president's lawyer. Uh, But in any event, I think we're going to find out that the NSA database has been used um, for political opposition research. It's been used on a fairly widespread basis. Uh, We also know, for example, that Perkins Coie, which is the big uh, Democrat law firm used by Hillary Clinton and other prominent Democrats, they have a portal in their office, um, according to some whistleblowers that, that went to Jim Jordan. Uh, they have a portal in their office whereby they can access access the uh, this this database. Um, and so that's what we're trying to find out. Does does the Democrat Party have the ability through Perkins Coie to search its political opponents uh, by by finding out? Uh, what their communications were, or any other kind of data intercept. Well, Ty Clevenger, folks, if you haven't figured this one out, uh, I'd be amazed. Uh, he's not only uh, <laughs> uh, talking uh, truth to power, he's going after truth no matter how much power uh, he has to fight. Uh, and he's fighting the biggest, whether it be the FBI, the Department of Justice, whether it be the U.S. government and all its various agencies, intelligence agencies, uh, the Democratic Party as well. Uh, and Ty, I just got to tell you, I, I am so impressed with what you've achieved. and uh, so Thank you. proud of you for having uh, moved this moved this far into the, uh, if you will, the belly of the beast. Uh, and I can't wait for the next uh, chapter 
uh, to unfold here as you pursue truth for all of us uh, with this government that uh, seems to be absolutely uh, averse to truth uh, and to justice. Ty Clevenger, thank you for all you're doing for the country. Uh, we appreciate thank it. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. It's truly amazing what our own government has become involved in in this country, but our government hides from the public what lies they tell and have told, how hard it is now to discover simple truth. But let's move ahead and let's persevere. Here tomorrow, former top Pentagon official, former senior staffer on House Intelligence and great American, Cash Patel, our guest, right here tomorrow. Please join us. Until then, God bless you, and may God bless America.